everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, uh, a fine Sunday evening here. It is. Great first week of bowls. Mm-hmm. For some, for others, maybe not. I mean, it's just Florida. Yeah, Florida, Florida had a rough go of it. I would say uh, they're one what of the my games. Um, how was your weekend, sir? <clears throat> it was good. I see. I was up here in Johns Creek or Juan's Creek, as they say in Mexico. Um, and I was dog sitting for my best friend, Jeff, for the weekend, which was I like Saturday was like a really good day of sports in general. It was. And then you had the World Cup this morning. That was great. Yeah. Facebook user says uh, Chris looking like a pimp as always. So it's actually just me writing it for my phone. <laughs> um, yeah, how was your weekend? Uh, it was fun. We did a little um, went out for uh, my company's like little Christmas party. Then came back to my house where we were hosting people for Claire's Christmas party. Then we went out with producer Dan last night. When I say we, how was that? Me. Well, I don't have a voice because we went to a place where there was a live band and we were just screaming at each other trying to talk. Where was that? Uh, it was a speakeasy called Roaring Social in Alfredo. Oh, okay. So it was a lot of fun. Out too late, got home at 1.30, which is not good for me. And uh, a little under the weather right now, I'd say. But we're good. Um, <clears throat> looking forward to another week of bowls. How are things? I mean, yeah, obviously, like week one, I think it started on Friday morning. We did the, the, did you submit your picks for the bowl, uh, bowl pick them? Um, never found it in the Facebook group. Okay. Which is good. Um, I really wanted to do that for sure. Uh, it was disappointing. So I'm not in that, but I am in one that I got into like weeks ago, or I guess when they first announced the bowls. So, um, Already had a couple, like Jackson State was one of my highest confidence picks. So there's that. Um, yeah, that was that – that little white H-back just setting race yeah. relations back like a decade with that, that drop touchdown. Yeah. I uh, I can't imagine what his evening was like that last night. <laughs> he could not have looked more out of place. <laughs> I know. Um, but otherwise, um, I think the games have gone pretty much as expected. Uh, I mean, like, I, I mean, maybe with the final score, but the way they played out, not even close. Like that UAB game was was really good for a while. The, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Um, this, the Boise State game was was awesome. And then was that against North Texas? Yeah. And then the one that you, you know, like Southern Miss had to score like three touchdowns in the, um, what do you call it, in the fourth quarter to, to beat Rice. But that was the lock of the year in one, so, you know. True. Frank Frank Gore's son, three hundred and thirty yards rushing. Yeah, he went off, huh? That'll work. Um, uh, what was your favorite moment from the uh, the Bulls this weekend? <clears throat> well, I mean, personally, it was the uh, field goal down thirty to nothing for Florida, and then their uh, team account tweeting out "It's good" in all caps with the kicker doing the chomp. That was. <laughs> 
So, all right, let's let's open with this. Let's talk about the Florida game. Um, we talk about Georgia at the start of every single show, I think. Bowl pick was done for me. Sit like four, five, and four. You can't be giving up right now. Think. I mean, like think about if Shane Beamer would have given up at five and four. Right. They wouldn't have gone seven and five. Um, Yeah. So the Florida game, we'll start there since it's an SEC game. I thought this was the lock of the week that Oregon State was going to cover ten. Oregon State was a really good team this year. Um, You know, looking at not really good team, but they were a good team. Uh, Defense played really well. They were really good against like the uh, the pass, and then like against Florida, they were really good against everything. Um, Maybe they were really good against the run. I forgot like. Forgot which, but either way, I, I thought this was going to be not a blowout, but I did think. Where the hell did you go? I'm here. I just I'm having some tef- technical difficulties. No. Um, I didn't think it was going to be like necessarily a blow. I didn't think it was going to be thirty to nothing. I'll say that. But at one point, Florida was starting. Like I know they had like a ton of opt outs, but like having a former like blue chip quarterback like Jack Miller in there, it didn't seem like it was that bad of a, a situation to be like kind of forced in. Um, however, in the second and third quarter, they had seven total yards combined in those two quarters, which is, that, yes. that is nearly impossible. It, like they had a minimum seven drives and like they, they put up two yards in the second quarter and five in the third. I, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, like, I know they had, you know, of course, I don't think Jack Miller's ever taken like a, a real snap in a college game. So, I mean, I get it to an extent, but you still had ETN, who was really good all year. Um, you, I mean, you had Pearsall, who has been good for you. I mean, like, it, it, I get they had a ton of players out, but to score three points, like. Well, the, the other thing is, like, in every phase of the game, they got beat. And I think that was the main issue because Florida fans were freaking out about the, the Napier thing because now you finish with back-to-back losing seasons. But, it, like, it'd be one thing if it was like, yeah, you know, I mean, they got beat by a ranked team that's a good team. That being said, they got blown out by that team. And then, like, there's just an overall lack of effort on several plays. Like, I don't know if you saw the stuff like on Twitter today about that. Like, that's what was more concerning, I would think, if you're a Florida fan is – you know, like, I don't care if Napier is the right hire. Like, he, at least he's going to recruit because Mullen was just not going to do that. Right. But you put yourself in a situation where, I mean, Dan Mullen went to three New Year's Six Bowls in a row to start his his tenure there. And that wasn't good enough because they had, you know, a terrible end to 2020 and then a really bad end to, to 2021. But now you find yourself in almost the exact same situation and – I just, I mean, fuck, man. Like, like at one point, they had they had punts blocked, they had no yards on offense, and they were getting just gashed all all night. Well, and they had eleven penalties, six six false starts. That's yeah. <laughs> that's just uh, look. I mean, I'm sure they weren't exactly focused, but that's still on coaching, no matter what. I mean, it's the Las Vegas Bowl. You want more as a Florida fan, but. The other team came prepared and whipped your ass, and you know, Oregon State was two and ten in 2018, and now ten and three. So great season yeah, for them. Over, um, <clears throat> you know, the the shocking thing for me for Florida was 39 rush yards. Like they've yeah. been a fantastic rushing team all year. Um, 
Yeah, and I agree with someone in the Facebook that said it's hard to predict these games with so many opt opt outs. I mean, not really. You're just kind of flying blind. <clears throat> well, people are still opting out of these future bowls. Yeah, but I'm saying like that was one of the reasons it was blatantly obvious what was going to happen to them against Oregon State. Also, the line moved though towards the start of the game. It was on like seven and a half. It was on seven and a half. I'm going to send you this. Uh, did you look at Bears? Um, Bear for Liga's article about like his like Bears tidbits or whatever it is um no about like bowl season Mm-mm. some really really like the good tweets he puts out what's that like the tweets that he puts out for every week that's like, yeah, it's like a great... weekly article but he did it for the early games um okay. i'll pull it up here in a second and then i'm sending you the the action network too because there are some really really interesting uh just like trends i guess like like one from a betting standpoint and then just in general with like how some of these like conferences as a whole perform like i mean the pac-12 had hadn't won a bowl game since Oregon beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl like several years ago. Hmm. Um, the whole yeah. conference? What's that? So the whole conference hasn't won a bowl game? The whole conference. Um, we're, and we're going to get into like more of like a betting preview stuff later. But yeah, I mean, I thought that was like the main takeaway. Like I, I just, and again, I kind of get it with the, the kick at the end, but that was like, you had the ball first and goal from the three yard line. And then you find yourself on fourth and 26. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a a nightmare scenario for Florida. They, I'm sure they're looking forward to getting the season over with. Lost a couple high profile recruitments to Miami recently, so I think Florida's just ready to move to the next part of the season and see what happens there. They're gonna have to pick up a transfer QB. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. By the, well, they got that five star kid coming in. Um, also, you got to give credit to Oregon State and that Beaver defense. I haven't seen a a beaver defense like that since prom night, if you know what I mean, brother. <laughs> Got him. I didn't, I didn't get me on prom night. Uh, yeah, I figured. Um, let's see what else. Troy UTSA, surprisingly pretty low scoring there. Um, mm-hmm. We had that one wrong, but well, we picked UAB, um, <clears throat> picked Boise State. I had SMU over BYU, so. BYU with a backup quarterback beats SMU. Not a good look there for Rhett Lashley. Um, Fresno gets the 10 wins. Remember, we talked about that game before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they were they started one and four. Man. They started one and four on the year. They ended up being 10 and four. So yeah. And they, they played really well against the Pac 12. And they, I mean, that they dominated from start to finish. Um I thought the Louisville Cincinnati game was pretty surprising. That game, there's no part of me that watched that game. <laughs> um, they had actually, like four fumbles on on like three consecutive plays. <clears throat> I actually had a uh, – I went to a holiday brunch on Saturday morning, and uh, one of the couples there was the, – the husband was the outside linebackers coach at Georgia State. He is currently. So oh, wow. it was, it, he's from Kentucky, so we were watching that game because they were – you know, they grew up Kentucky fans, him and his wife. But uh, it was interesting chatting with him just about all the NIL and transfer portal stuff. Just, you know, Georgia State's one of those teams where probably every year if you have a good team or, or I'm sorry, a good player, chances are you're probably not going to hold on to that player. Um, but yes, then again, maybe you can, you know, benefit from a, a player that wants to move down a level. Um yeah, tell us you're married without telling us you're married. Holiday brunch. That is for sure. No doubt about it. Um, <clears throat> but all in all, you know, that the first week of games is is obviously some of the uh, worst teams to make a bowl. 
So you had a couple, you know, like Rice is five and seven, made a bowl. You know, a lot of these teams that lost this game are now, you know, below 500 for the year. So I'm sure the, the competition is going to certainly ramp up starting this week. <clears throat> I don't know about that, but I mean, we'll see. Anyway, um, I mean, no, Liberty I, Toledo, you, you, you don't want a piece of that action to Liberty Toledo? I mean, I would take Toledo, I guess, but I mean, <laughs> it just, there's some of these games are just, are, pretty bad yeah i now that i now that i look at the schedule maybe maybe this week isn't the week that it ramps up um no oh, the week shit. after christmas though for sure yeah. and then uh what was the other thing too i was going to say somebody brought the pat mcafee um call which i mean I, I i like him a lot i think some people don't like him because he's so much but um i thought he did a great job well, we got a question here what do you think the rules for nil and opt-outs are Wait, Here, do y'all think the rules for NIL and opt-outs and transfer portal will change? Or are we stuck now with the way it is? It sucks for all the teams, not just one. I feel like something needs to be done. Uh, I feel like, all right, I understand you can't make players play in the pool game, but the last second transfers and other stuff needs to be changed. Thoughts? Um, from I, I actually listened to uh, Josh Pate's latest episode from last Friday, and or I guess last Thursday night. And um, he said that he is hearing that there are some rules coming down to change some of this stuff. Um, so we'll see. I, I think as with everything, you know, there's an initial freak out and then yeah. things will adjust. Um, so, you know, the NCAA now has someone that has a former career in politics. So interested to hear what, how that goes. But um, they're also on LinkedIn right now. They're hiring several positions for uh, um, what do you call it? football compliance and um, administration positions or administrative positions. Interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. I just sent you two links uh, for the betting stuff for later, but yeah. Um, no, like the opt-outs and stuff like that, everyone talks about how, how bad it is each, each year that this has happened. I think like also Florida, that's just becoming like an annual tradition um, for them just getting trounced in a bowl game. That being said, there's one team that is expecting zero opt-outs this Ooh. bowl season. A team near and dear to your heart. Huh? They're a team near and dear to your heart. They are. They are. Um, yeah, so news came out last week that Bama, uh, Pete Thamel, I think, yeah, announced that there will be no Bama opt-outs for the Sugar Bowl. Bryce Young's going to play. Jameer Gibbs is going to play. Um, will Anderson's going to play. I swear to God, if they get hurt. Yeah, that's not going to be a good look, but they won't. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, no, what were your thoughts on that, though? Because I thought it was I, – I, there was, like, rumblings all week about, like, you know, just the way the season ended, and I think, like, a lot of disgruntled fans and former players. And there was, like, multiple former players that came out saying that Bryce Young needed to play and Will Anderson needed to play so they could prove, you know – or they or they need – one of them said they need to come back for another year so they could prove that they could win when it matters. That is the dumbest – like I, I don't, I don't know if fans understand that. Like these coaches and players owe us nothing, just like absolutely nothing. I mean, look, I think it's obviously a, a great look for college football and for you know those guys and the culture that you know everyone's kind of questioning right now at Bama that those guys would want to come play a virtually meaningless game, uh, knowing that they're probably you know four or five months away from going in the first round of the playoffs, but. I'm saying the first first round of the draft, but 
um i think it's great man it's you know you don't see it as much you you actually more so see the other side of it which is you know who knows how many teams are going to have 15 20 guys opt out i mean they just changed the rule where you can play guys that you planned on redshirting in a bowl game and it won't count yeah because because so many people are opting out you know some of these teams are it, some of these teams like remember jimbo when he used that as an excuse like you know he had so many people not playing that they opted out of their bowl no that was covid man oh yeah i'm sure um no sure I, I mean, yeah i remember that but also i think with like the bama thing i like it because one it feels like they're making a conscious effort to like get back a little bit of like the toughness and like the like the mental toughness um and that kind of mentality as a program and these like like you you could make the argument that those two kids have done more for the, their teams than any any other player that's come through or any other players that have come through Bama under Saban anyone that won a national championship like anyone that won a Heisman I mean I, I maintained all all last year like that team was Bryce Young and Will Anderson and just held together by fucking duct tape the offensive line was shit the offensive line and receivers got worse this year i mean so i I love that they're going to play um and and leave that as like their final stamp uh and legacy i'll tell you where it could backfire in addition to if they get hurt is if you go out there and now you lose to kansas state i just i mean yeah that would be a (laughs) so how how much has the line moved since they announced like three points was it three and a half now it's six and a half I haven't even seen it. Um, I think it got down to one and a half at one point. Like in, in the Kansas State money line, I'm looking at Bear Felica's thing. He the Kansas State money line when he posted this on December 15th was plus 130. Yeah, I mean that's not good enough value. No. Um, and you know the other part is too, like the, with the transfer portal, Bama's already lost 12 players to the portal. Uh, one, like I mean, a couple that were starters one that was like or like and then a couple handful that were just contributors um yeah i saw uh jojo earl went to tcu treshawn holden went to oregon uh javian cohen went to miami um, tommy brockermeyer i have i mean tommy so I brockermeyer went to tcu as well because it, it kind of like it, I, I noticed that like bama has been losing like a ton of players of the portal which every team goes through it but the players they've lost over the last four to five recruiting classes are all of like, not all, but like there's been a lot of elite top recruits from like, not just like from their like class, but also from like around the country. Like not just like, Oh yeah, it was a, it was a high four star, but like top 100 players and five stars. Um, yeah. But that's all they get. Right. Not, I mean, but still think about, so listen, all right, we're going to get into the deep dive. All right. They almost had 12 players in the portal. Uh, a couple of years ago, they signed a recruiting class with four top 100 receivers. Three mm-hmm. of them are gone. That was Leary, Holden, and Earl? Mm-hmm. The only one that's back is, uh, what do you call it? Ja'Cory? Ja'Cory uh, Brooks. Um, the last, the other time Bama's ever done that, where they had at least three or four top 100 receivers in one class, was in 2017. And that was Devonta Smith, uh, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs, which worked out a little bit better than these kids um then they lost aaron anderson who was a he was a four stars like like 35 or 35th ranked player in the country uh last year tommy brockermeyer was like a five-star tackle number six 
overall player in the country coming to high school. Um, Trey Sanders, obviously his career has not like turned out as great as you wanted, but you got 12 kids that are in the portal and a lot of offensive linemen. Like what, what are the two units that are the worst for Alabama over the past? Yeah, year? definitely receiver and, and O-line. And O-line. So one, they're going to be down to just 11 scholarship offensive linemen for the bowl game. Um, yeah, which seems like a lot, but it's not. <clears throat> right. Uh, because like half those guys probably have never played a snap. Right. Right. No. So just from this portal alone, you've lost five offensive linemen, um, three, four stars, one, five star, uh, one starter, um, and then four receivers. One, two, three, four, five, six. So half of those kids too were top 100 recruits coming out of high school. And this is, this is where like I, I got into the deep dive earlier was there's a trend with Bama, especially like, again, I know that everyone loses kids to the portal, but from 2018 with like when the, to 2022, so the last five recruiting classes, right? Alabama had a hundred total. I'm sorry, from 2018 to 2021, Alabama signed a hundred total kids in their four recruiting classes combined. 42 of them have transferred out. Wow. 42. In the 2019 class alone, they've had, they signed 27 kids, 17 of them transferred or left the team. Hmm. Think about that. Anyway, so, and it's not just like, like the abundance of players that are leaving. It's also, like I said, like, like highly rated kids. Um, and then not developing the, like the, the legit talent you get in there anyway. So again, Bama ended up with, I think it was like, 100 total players, 42 were gone. They had they signed 16 five stars. Six of them um, have transferred out, and only four of them either went in the first round or projected the first round. And that's including Bryce and Will Anderson. Of the 15, I'm sorry, of the 42 top 100 players, 15 of them transferred. It, like, it's not good. Yeah, but I, I also think that that is going at, on at a lot of schools. Right, but no, it actually, you know, like uh, your Bama's losing more talent, but it's also like you, they also have more talent to lose, you know. So Georgia has what? signed twenty-five five stars in that same time span. They've also total of six players, five to transfer, one to Adam Anderson getting kicked off the team. They lost four in the in their in twenty eighteen. They lost one in twenty nineteen, and they haven't lost one since. Almost lost to Marius Mims last year. They didn't. And on, they and didn't. on top and of they that, didn't. they have also like gone out and brought in four different five stars in the transfer portal into their program, which is not what Bama's done at all. They got fucking Jermaine Burton. Um, like I mean, just the difference in in like development, the difference in like the like accrual of of talent. I don't know if it's like if, if it's like a evaluation problem or a or a development problem but it is like noticeably different so what you're saying is bama's dynasty run is over all right this is the last stat i'm gonna throw out there for you <laughs> 2013 to 2017 bama signed 26 five stars three of them transferred 23 of them played at the university 14 of those 23 were first rounders during that time span in those classes bama had 25 total first round picks so 
over half the five stars didn't go in the first round. Um, you had Crazy. over like you had 25 kids get drafted in the first round. You had an offensive lineman taken in four straight drafts, five out of seven years in a row. Um, you had several first round receivers as well. Now, uh, like the number has dropped. You've signed 10 less five stars over the, the next five years. Then you compare it with Georgia. Do you know how many five stars Georgia signed from 2013 to 2017? Five. 11. Okay. Only two of them went in the first round. Since then, Bama lost, Bama signed 10 less five stars. Georgia signed 25. Wow. And the development and the retention of players. Light years better. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to see how that progresses over the next year or two. You know what my favorite part of this job is? is when I spend like four hours in a deep dive and I know what I'm talking about and then try to communicate it to the world and I can't fucking just to save my life. I can't do it. I kind of feel like you got it perfectly there. Oh, thanks, dude. Um, do you want to talk about some of the players that are in the portal right now? Like outside? Because like, you know, Grace McCall, for instance. I mean... It seems like Auburn's going to get Grayson McCall. I haven't heard any other schools tied to him. But, yeah. I mean, he's coming into the year. Like, some people were saying he might be a first-round pick. Kentucky looking at maybe Devin Leary, which would be a great pickup for them, I would I would think. Um, I thought they were getting Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. Uh, well, I'm looking at the 247 um, overall rankings, the top rankings for the transfer portal. Devin Leary is the top QB available. He's number four overall, and he has a crystal ball to Kentucky at the moment. Doesn't mean he's going there for sure, but there is a thought that he will go there, uh, which I think – I personally think Devin Leary is better than Will Levis. For sure. So From a production standpoint, it's not even close. Grayson McCall would be a great um, gap in between, you know, what Freeze can do immediately versus, you know, a guy from high school that he can recruit him recruit in himself yeah um so also, that'll be interesting to watch you know because we talked we talked about it like in this day and age you don't necessarily have to it doesn't have to be a slow rebuild especially when i mean i auburn's coming out of a pretty like i don't know if it's like a deep hole but they haven't been good in a couple years dude they had two back-to-back losing seasons they've been a, i don't say abysmal but i mean yeah, it's not great. No. So uh, getting a guy like Grayson McCall to hop in with Freeze and then maybe potentially get some other. I mean, it sounds like they got their NIL game going. I mean, maybe they, yeah. they get it turned around pretty quickly. So we'll see on that. Um, you got the Denver Harris kid. I mean, Michigan's like tearing it up in the portal right now. Are they? They just got the number one overall player. He's a linebacker that transferred from Nebraska. <clears throat> they got a top 11 O-lineman out of Arizona State. They just got two O-linemen from Stanford today. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're doing really well. Um, saw it mentioned in the chat here from the Herman Brown, who's just absolutely crushing the comments. Lighten I appreciate up, you. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah, Jaheim Bell went to Florida State, which is awesome. Love that pick. I actually saw a buddy of mine out last night who's a South Carolina grad, and he was, he was angry with me that Jaheim Bell – how much did you guys pay him? I don't know. Hopefully a lot. Yeah. That's the whole point now. Yeah. Um, I know South Carolina fans were a little, little 
perturbed that they think that you know four state tampered but i got news for you if you're not tampering you're not trying in this day and age yeah for sure um but lost in all the talk of transfer portal shit is that there's actually a signing day this week oh my god high school signing day yes what are your thoughts here because it looks like what are the let me look at the rankings right now? All right, so here's this is the way I do this every single year now. Like I used to love keeping up with recruiting um, when it was like spaced out and at the, like after the end of the season. Um, but now, like I mean, Josh Pace Pate pointed this out the other day too. Like in the month of December alone, you have championship conference championship games, the Heisman and awards, uh, like what do you call it? Um, circuit. You have finals, bowl prep recruiting signing day and christmas it's a lot that's a lot that's a lot a lot um so i just don't keep up with it all year round uh anymore just because it's and also with the amount of people that flip but um but looking at now like we talked about this last year too because the early signing period is really i think it's really good for players and i think coaches for the most part like have said that they've been more in favor of it too but um they have, like, I. it takes away from, I think, a little bit of, like, the fun of signing day. Like, I used yeah. to, like, me and Kyle Price used to, like, we like in college, we would plan for, like, a week what we were going to do on signing day. And we'd just, like, yeah. skip all of our classes, right? Like, you know, we had, like, a, a schedule of, like, everyone that was going to be announcing that day. And it was, like, fun. It was, like, a fun, fun time. There are uh, the top 100 players um, currently in the 247 player rankings only 10 uh, aren't committed right now. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely because the whole timeline got pushed up. You're seeing most people fill up their class by the time the, the football season kicks off, which is just a weird thing. But I will say, we saw this last year with the Travis Hunter thing, but but also other, thing, other recruits as well, is this NIL, you know, someone could sweep in with a huge NIL deal last minute and get some of these guys to flip. So that's something that is a little bit more new, I guess, in this day and age. But, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I used to love signing day. I mean, I, I used to make sure I didn't have any meetings that day, and I'd be watching, you know, whatever I could all day long to see all these commits. And now it's just like, to your point, they're all committed already. So it's just a little, yeah. I don't know, a little lackluster as compared to what it used to be. But um, – We'll see. I mean, there's still some top guys out on the board. There's some guys that have come off the board recently, but, you know, out of the top two, four, seven guys, you've got the Damon Wilson kid from Florida, five-star who's looking at Georgia, looking at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. you got the Nicholas Harbor guy who's crystal ball to South Carolina. Yeah, five-star. the kid from D.C. Yeah. I don't know what the – there's got to be a connection there. Or, I mean, you know, maybe he just maybe wants to just, maybe go just eight and Columbia and sweat his ass off in, in Cola. You got Deuce Robinson, the number one tight end in the country. Little known fact, son of former Florida State receiver Dominic Robinson. We can't get a sniff. That's great. Um, <clears throat> James Smith, Montgomery, Alabama. Mm-hmm. D-line, 6'3", 3'10", five-star. Looks like he may be going to Bama, along with Quay Rousaw, his teammate. Um, so there's a lot of SEC. This is very SEC-driven, as you can see. Yeah, this was we did this last year too. I think there was 37 of the top 50 players overall went to the SEC. 
23 of the, or maybe it was like 21 of the 33 five stars overall went to the SEC. And I think the other ones were just Clemson, Ohio State, and I forgot who else, but it was like basically made up, the rest of the five stars were just made up between like four teams total. Um, looking through this now, you got 35 total five stars, right? Uh, Texas and USC have done pretty well. I will say that. Miami. State as well. So the projections right now in 24-7, I think right now Bama's first, Georgia's second. Um, and I don't even know. Uh, Texas, Texas is three. Miami, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, then Tennessee and Clemson. Florida's right outside at 11. They're projecting Georgia to close with the number one class, Bama to follow, and then LSU to jump up to number three as well. Um, Brian Kelly's got a great recruiting class for his first class, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like, he's just proved everybody wrong, man. Um, And I will say this too, you do see a lot more of, like, there's not as much parity, I feel like, in football. But the parity with, like, where five stars are, are ending up is a lot more spread out. Yeah, and and I was talking um, to the guy, the Georgia State linebackers coach, yesterday about this. I was always kind of under the impression that NIL would just make the rich get richer, but yeah. I do think it's not a coincidence that between the transfer portal and NIL, that you did see TCU like go from Dude. being awful to being in the playoffs and. You've got, you know, Florida State went from five and seven to nine and three quickly because of these transfer portal guys. And like it is creating parity, which is what we all want. You know, you don't like, of course, you know, most of our listeners are Bama and Georgia and and LSU. And and of course, you don't mind seeing your team in the playoffs every year. But I think as a general college football fan, you know, you want to see some mixture in that top four, soon to be top 12. And I think the NIL and portal is actually helping that out. Yeah. Um, William Gray brought up a point to He said, what the fuck is this? What is we getting? We're getting, spammed? we're getting uh, spammed by some sex bots in the chat here. Just DM me, boo. Herman um, Brown. Oh, nice. You blocked him. Yeah. Do y'all like the ranking system? Seems like there's a lot more five stars not really panning out. I don't know if that's entirely true, especially at Georgia um, from the, the numbers I just threw out there. Uh, Again, like, I don't know if it's like an evaluation standpoint or what, but I mean, like twice in the last five years, Bama's top player in their class has transferred out or never played it down. Um, I think, I think the transfer portal, because I remember somebody did like a, a, like some research on total five-star quarterback transfers. And it was something like over 65%. I mean, that's just, you know, like when I was 18, I've told this story before. I wanted to get a fucking Ryan Cabrera song lyric tattooed on my arm with a cross on it. Oof. Like you don't make good decisions when you're, when you're 18. Thank God that fell through. Guys, you know, honestly, I still might get it. Um, oh, yeah. No, I mean, we're going to come back. You never know. If Petrino can do it, he can do it. But no, I mean, I, I think like the amount of kids transferring out, it's obviously at an all time high. Like Nick Starkle tweeted out the other day, the, the former AM quarterback, that he was like, sorry, I guess I started this. Cause like when he was in the portal, it was just him and three other dudes. That was yeah, it. I'm sure uh, Nick Starkle really created a movement. He did, dude. He's fucking a believer for one. <laughs> um, anyway, but so 
he when he was in it it was like him and three other dudes and now there's like 1300 people so i I don't really i'm not going to get into the whole like bama bump and and they only do the five stars based off of like what do you call it um yeah like they raise they like once they commit to bama they get a better ranking part of me feels like they should i mean if you're if you're if the top program in the country is evaluating you and says, Hey, I've only got 20 scholarships to give out and you're going to get one. Then maybe the, you know, nerds like me and you that are like sitting there watching tape, maybe didn't rank them the right way. First of all, I want to be very clear that I don't rank anybody. That's true. Me either. Um, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to call anybody else out. So no, I mean, I think also like COVID really fucked up a lot yeah. of couldn't get on the road and, and, and evaluate half the teams in the country didn't even play any games. Right. You know, so you so also didn't get like that, that. I mean, there's so many kids that like not just develop physically from their junior to senior year, but they also like either have a big season or like, you know, finally come into their own or get a chance to start or whatever. So like for recruiting, like that senior year is like super, super important. I, I mean, it, you know, and like so many kids didn't get that. Um, yep. Anyway. All right. So what do we have next on here? Uh, let's see. We talked high school recruiting and we'll, we'll talk more about it later in the week. Um, if we can get someone to produce our podcast this week, um, we talked about Bama. We talked about UF. We talked about some of the weekend bowl games, portal update, early looking at that. So we just got to, we just got to talk about the, uh, the bowls coming up this week, which I mean, to be honest with you again, um, when you're looking at the slate here, first game is tomorrow. 230 Marshall Yukon. I you um, know what we're gonna do? We're gonna look ahead to some betting stuff so we can make make this uh make our listeners some money. But the first thing we're gonna do before we look ahead is we're gonna look back. Okay. And then we're gonna we're gonna take our like take your left hand, okay, reach it over your right shoulder, okay, and just pat, just pat yourself. Um okay. listen, guys, there's like a lot of things that we are not as a podcast professional um pg uh punctual ever on time um good with technology these are mostly just my things well researched like we we know our stuff but like we're not like fact checking ourselves sometimes when we say things i will say (laughs) i just i mean like i know a lot of times like we don't take ourselves seriously but we're podcasts, season, we're by common men for the common men. We, we you know, we're just fans. That's, that's we've never portrayed ourselves any differently. Okay, well, now you're doing too much because I like I I want to just take a second because we fucking killed it this year. I mean, I mean, like fucking killed it. I went back and looked at our preseason predictions um that we put on tape or in the podcast or whatever. Um I have in front of me three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 total that we made. Okay. Tyler, we had three that were wrong. Love that. So if you follow along with like SDS on the, uh, like on YouTube, especially, or like, like you said, with our podcast, um, we did several, several videos uh, and, and segments where we talked about like the prop bets for the season. Prop bets were Bryce Young under 3,859 yards, Hinden Hooker over 2,769 yards, Brock Bowers under 10 and a half regular season uh, receiving touchdowns. Fucking three for three right Let's off the bat. Go. Um, 
you had Ole Miss over seven and a half wins. That was wrong. Uh, <laughs> okay, nice. Start me out on the wrong side. Okay. Mississippi State over six and a half. Uh, correct. Arkansas under seven and a half. Both of us had Tennessee over seven. Um, I had UGA over 10 and a half and 11 and a half. That was like the block of the year. Um, Kentucky under eight wins. Nailed it. I had Georgia picked to win the SEC championship. You had you had Bama. I said Bama was not going to make the playoff. I said they were going to lose nice. two games this year. You had Michigan over nine and a half. Uh, I had Maryland over six and a half. You had Indiana under four, and they pushed. And the only other thing we got wrong was Ohio State not winning the uh, the Big Ten. But we did have them in the playoffs, and they were there. And I think I had Michigan in the playoffs too. Yeah. So. Uh... Just phenomenal you, stuff from this you, year. You missed your Syracuse pick. Oh, yeah. I had that one, too. Yeah, over over the win total in Syracuse. So, yeah, we, we did a good job. You know, if you guys are listening, we're making you some money. All right? Mm-hmm. So, back off. We have a bad week. Um. Bad all right. Do you have any good bets this week? I mean, look, you've got tomorrow. You've got, like I said, Marshall and UConn, Myrtle Beach Bowl. Conway, South Carolina, not even in Myrtle Beach. Uh, UConn is Carolina's home field. Okay. Uh, UConn is plus 11 in the game. Totals four. All right. Open up the links I sent you in, like via text. You want me to just pull them up, like share my screen? All right. So, like like I said, Barefully could put out a bunch of notes and also um, Action Network. And here's a couple that I thought were interesting just going into the season. I was in a Twitter space today. with some Ohio State fans who were very confident. I thought Elon took spaces away. He took like a day and a half because he was being a little bitch. Um, but they, like very confident that they were going to beat Georgia and then they would win the rematch against Michigan. Michigan fans were confident in that as well um, because Georgia hadn't really played anybody and they weren't proven and they hadn't played a, a physical team like Michigan before or a team with the receivers that Ohio State has. It was a lot. It was a whole lot going on. One person said that Jim Harbaugh was the best coach in America, X's and O's. Mm, okay. So there was that. Um, also said he should get more credit than he's getting because uh, that was a 10-year rebuild for that program because of what Rich Rodriguez did. That <sighs> 10 means, seems you know, long. I'm just going to say it. I, there's like First off, I've never planned for anything 10 years in advance besides that engagement, I think. And we all know how that turned out, so um okay this is the these are the trends i got for the bowl season you ready um how'd it go hold on okay so this week you have the gasparilla bowl with mizzou and wake forest uh hammer wake forest absolutely hammer wake forest um then on so that's it for this week for the sec mizzou and wake yeah Um, absolute fucking barn burner yeah (laughs) <laughs> Looking at do uh, the playoff and stuff like that, you were talking about this a lot like last week. How you just like hope there's like a good game, which is like the most pussy shit I think I've ever heard. But I also agree with you. Um, in the college football playoff, favorites are twelve and four overall in the sixteen total semifinal games that have been played. Um, also, favorites are nine and one and seven and th- nine and one straight up and seven and three against the spread in the last five years. In the semifinals. Hmm. Just dominating, right? Um, in the 16 total uh, semifinal games, only three have been decided by single digits. Nine of the 16 were decided by 20 or more points. Um, 
Also, winners in all college football playoff games, including the finals, uh, are 20 and four against the spread. All four losses are from Bama. Wow. So the moral of that is, and this I did this last year when in the national championship, instead of taking Georgia minus three and a half, I took an alternate line and, and took them at minus 10 because it's like plus 250 or plus 300 is way better payout. And it, um, probably a good spot to do that in considering how many blowouts consistently happen in the playoff. Um, looking at conferences in general, the SEC is 13 and three straight up since 2019, nine, five and one against the spread and 16 and six against the big 10. Um, the only other conference has put up really good numbers is the big 12. They are 10 and two in their last 12 bowl games, nine and three against the spread in the last two years. Um, also, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State has covered like five straight bowl games, all of them by less than five points. Really? Yeah. Um, the ACC not teams good. not named Clemson are four and fifteen overall in bowl games. Um, and that's since 2019. Of- I hand up. Florida State's not a part of that stat. We haven't even made a bowl, so suck it, guys. On that, haters. Um, <laughs> Yes, and they're against power five teams, ACC teams not named Clemson are just two and 12. Also, there's I think two games they play against Pac 12 teams. They are three and five or three and 15 versus Pac 12 teams in, uh, in bowl games over the last 20 years. And finally, the Big Ten, my favorite. Um, of course, they get shit on from the SEC every time they play. Big Ten versus SEC in the college football playoff. The Big Ten is 0-3. Losses were by 23, 28, and 38 points. Pretty bad. Um, Pretty bad. The Big Three in that conference, right? Um, and this is what I have like a hard time understanding because like I, I know they, they have three teams ranked at the top 11, and there are some people that think it's maybe the best division in college football or the toughest. And it's fucking not, but Ohio State is three and thirteen against the spread in their last sixteen games against ranked opponents. Hmm. Three and thirteen. That doesn't seem to add up to be a good thing. No. Um, Penn State two and fifteen versus the top ten teams under James Franklin. Zero and eleven in the last six years. They have not beat a top ten team in the last six years. They only played two two ranked opponents all year. Um, and they got waxed in both of them. Uh, and now was going back to Ohio State. Ohio State versus the SEC. Um, their overall record in since 1978, right? Um, they have three wins, they have 14 losses, and they have one tie. And it's like not just like like oh man, it was very close. <laughs> Almost had them. You lost by 28 to Bama. You lost by uh, what do you call it? 14 to LSU, 27 to Florida. I mean, they get blown out when they play SEC teams. Yeah, I that was one of my yeah. highest confidence picks in my poll. My pool was, was Ohio State and Georgia. Georgia over Ohio State, not even against the spread, just straight up. <laughs> I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I don't really see a way. Yeah, they're two and ten in their last 12 games against the SEC. And last but <laughs> not least, Michigan. Michigan is. One in five straight up and one in five against the spread in their six bowl games under Jim Harbaugh. So, fun facts for you to bet on. Um, I love those. 
Yeah. Did you see the Bears bites? That that was pretty interesting too. Like, like Utah started out under um, their first twelve years under Willingham. They were a, not Willingham. Winning, Winningham. Yeah, Tyron Whittingham. <laughs> um, Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, they were eleven and one in his first twelve bowl games. Uh, they're zero and three in the last three. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Let's see. There's not many games this week that I'm like all about picking. Honestly, um, that Iowa Kentucky game is just I'm oh, already dreading it. It's going to be the worst game ever. I think the over under is at thirty one. Thirty one. Iowa has played just this season. This season alone, they have recorded the two lowest point totals in the history of college football. Both happened this season. And I think they're starting QBs out for the game. Well, that's probably a fucking benefit because that kid sucks. And Will Levis is out, we know. Yeah. Um, Somebody brought that up earlier. They said... Like, how do you look at this Kentucky team without Rodriguez and Levis? That's 76% of their production, so not great. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yikes. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, where else did I have? Minnesota. Um, they've won and covered all three bowl games they've played under P.J. Fleck. Wisconsin is 7-1 and one in their last eight games. Um, and the only loss was by one point against Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Uh, oh, this is one. So I had, I don't want to give this away, but Air Force is playing Baylor. Yeah. Right. Plus five and a half. In the past 10 years, service academies are 13 and three against the spread and five and one as an underdog with three outright wins. Ooh. Okay. And it's yeah. in the Armed Forces Bowl. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Houston. Who's Houston playing? Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. They are two and or sorry, Dana Holgerson is two and seven against the spread and three and six straight up in bowl games. Um, they his teams have lost by at least fourteen points in four of their last five. I picked Louisiana straight up in that game. Money yeah, so did I. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oklahoma State, like I said, covered in six straight bowl games, winning five outright. Their past five bowl games have been decided by single digits. The past four have been decided by a total of 13 points. Um, what else we got? We got anything in the chat? That's all I got from Bear. And then you had Action Network put out some stuff too that was uh, a little bit more gambling focused and centric. Um, let's see. Hold on, hold on. Um... Yeah, it looks like Caleb Williams is going to play in that game, which against Tulane. Shut up, is he really? Yeah. Shit. I know. Because I bet on Tulane. ACC versus Big Ten bowl games have been pretty decisive. The outright winners are twenty and zero against the spread. Um, independent teams, so like BYU, Notre Dame, um, Miss Independent, uh, Beyonce. <laughs> they are thirteen and three straight up. Uh, in their in the last 15 years in bowl games. Uh, I already talked about the playoff. Let's see. Let's see. The biggest public side, um, the the public bets, like you want to stay away from that always. Um, the most lopsided betting from the in college football playoff history, Georgia over Ohio State currently is number one. It's 88%. The public's on. Yeah, to cover to cover six and a half. 
that that should um, not make you feel good as a no as a Georgia it doesn't. Academies. Uh, <clears throat> I thought this one was interesting. What's that? The overs, the high over uh, totals, totals of seventy or more in both mm-hmm. seasons are just two six and two in the last ten games dating back to twenty sixteen. Three games have high total like that: Georgia Southern, Buffalo, Texas Tech, Ole Miss, and FSU Oklahoma. <clears throat> yeah. All that information also I gave you about James Franklin. He's gone to 10 bowl games and the over is eight and two. Uh, and they've covered the over by an average of 11 points. So they're like going over by a lot. Also, Utah has a great, great uh, offense. Um, that Duke UCF game is pretty interesting. The total's gone over in the last six Duke bowl games. Um, let's see. They're five and zero against the spread in the last five this decade. Gus Malzahn is not good again in bowl games. Um, I think he's three and six head like straight up as a head coach in bowl games. Noted. Yeah. Um, let's see. I Fade bad defensive it. favorites in bowl games. What's that? Fade bad defensive favorites in bowl games. In bowl season, teams that allow 24 points per game or more as favorites are 94, 125, and three against the spread since 2005 for a minus 16% ROI. Ugh. Also, I should have access to this when I started betting on these games. There's you know, I love a, uh, there's still time. I love a good um, second half and first half bet. Oh, yeah. You love that. You're the um, king of the first half bets. I, I mean, that's like, that's where I made all my money. Uh, during bowl season, nobody dominates the first half like Nick Saban, who's 14 and 7 against the first half spread since 2005. It's the most profitable first half um, coach in the country during that span. Uh, the same can be said for Dave Dorn, NC State, but in the second half, um, 6 and 0 oh in the second half. Uh, what do you call it in bowls in bowl games since he's been the head coach there. And then Iowa, Kentucky, I'm just, again, I'm not going to bet that, but when trailing at the half, Iowa head coach, Kirk Ferentz is seven and one against the, the second half uh, spread. Okay. So well, live go. betting never hurt anybody. Yeah. Nice get some bowl swag stuff or we're going to send it. Ooh, the bowl swag stuff. Okay. Yeah. Let's we'll do that. Out. And then we'll close out. Oh, and while we're doing that, I want to, I, there's one serious, like not serious issue, but um, I'm going to go, I'm just going to get up on a soapbox here for a second, but um, did you see the Jalen Carter shit this week? I did. I did. Uh, okay. What were your thoughts on that before I say anything? I mean, it seems like there's at least one prospect every year that the media just starts going after. Okay. When you say the media was going after, like. It, just someone in the media, not the entire media, but just someone in the media is like, you know, of, of course, I'm hypersensitive to Florida State guys. So I remember when it was Dalvin Cook and he dropped to the third round and it's like, OK, he's had no issues. He's a top running back in the league. Like, I feel like people just try to come up with I don't know what it is either. Like what 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 was McShay even saying? Like, he doesn't go to class. No, he didn't say any of that. He said he from what he's hearing, he's going to say, I tell you right now, that like if if his stock or his draft stock like falls, it's because there are off the field, like character concerns. And, and so here's the thing. Todd McShay is not making that up. Todd McShay, there's no benefit to him saying this just to hurt this kid's draft stock. And like, I've heard every single possible like 
accusation or, or excuse or whatever because Georgia fans lost their fucking minds, uh, especially on social media going after him. And I get it. They're defending their player and all that kind of stuff. I, I get it. Like his teammates came out and also defended him, and that's great. But this happens every single year in the NFL draft. And like what it usually like 95% of the time is a smokescreen from like an NFL GM who's like three to five spots behind where he's projected to go. And he, they float this kind of stuff out there hoping right. that it'll deter anyone ahead of them from drafting him. And then they can swoop in and get him like after, after he falls. So and, and like William Gray even says like they need proof from topic Shea. Like the most, I don't want to say, it's like, I guess surprising is the right word. Confusing reactions that I saw from this. Cause it had, again, it happens every fucking year was that Todd McShay needs to show receipts of who said it or That's like, it's not going to happen. You know, who said that was Ben fucking Watson. Sorry, it, Ben. Like be better, just be better. Yeah. Like, and also that's like, that's not what sources are. You don't out your sources anyway at yeah. any point. Like it, like the, it just escaped everybody during all this. There was like several, several people that brought up like a defamation of, of character lawsuit that, that uh, Carter should find or like should file against Todd McShay. So I say all that to then say in the same video, like 12 seconds later after saying that, he said he's going to drop all the way down to number two. That's where he has a projected to go right now. So... Like again, the arguments that it was slander, that it, there was like no proof that he didn't show his sources, that he was doing it, he was doing it just so he gets attention and clicks or whatever. Todd McShay doesn't need to fucking do that. Right. He's been doing this for over a decade. And also, there's like not a lot, like every year for the draft, we're going to Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. It's like, you know, watching fucking Christmas story on, on Christmas Day. It just, it's gonna be on in the background. That's that's where we're going whether we like it or not. So Tom McShay doesn't need to do that. Um, and I don't, there's no part of him that would like slander a kid just to slander a kid. I just, I mean, my God. Yeah. Well, I think when rubber meets the road, that kid's going to be drafted in the top five, no matter what. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, before we get into the bull swag though, let's talk about a little bit about Texas Pete. Okay. Um, as you guys know, me and Chris, we're big Texas Pete guys. Um, they've got the spice and flavor that really just kept us going through the football season this year. Um, if you were like me, you went to texaspeat.com, typed in promo code uncensored, got 20% off your entire order on the website, whether that's the actual sauces, whether that's swag, like we're about to talk about, ice shakers. I don't think they have ice shakers. But Jesus. Board shorts. Um, uh, board shorts. <laughs> Um, so if you want to, if you haven't done that yet, go to texaspeed.com, enter promo code uncensored to take 20% off your entire order. <clears throat> Win big with Texas Pete when you sauce like you mean it. Chris, our first bowl swag is for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. So oh, these God. fine be players, a fucking shell necklace in there. These fine players from Marshall Yukon last year, at least, this is the, the bowl suite was a gift suite, which we've, we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. A fossil watch, which nothing yeah, says. In 1998, that's a fucking great gift. 1998, when you're rocking your cargo shorts and your Abercrombie polo, you slap one of those fossil watches on that Bro. wrist. Boy, you keep that thing on you. Getting hand jobs left and right. 
100 through the pocket. Uh, big game autograph football and an ice shaker bottle. So you do get the ice shaker bottle at the Myrtle Beach Bowl. So congratulations to those players for getting that. Uh, Tuesday. Probably tetanus just because sure. where they're going to be. That's fair. Uh, Tuesday, 3.30, Eastern Michigan, San Jose State in the Potato Bowl in Albertson Stadium, Boise, Idaho. Okay. Just fire me up. Uh, last year, all they got was a gift suite. So sorry, I guys. It was just, just fucking potatoes. <laughs> just like a golden setup of just different style potatoes. Like it's not, you don't get to take anything with you. You just get to eat it. It's like supermarket sweet, but for, like for fat people and, and gluttony. Uh, well, in our 730 game on Tuesday, the Boca Raton Bowl between Liberty and Toledo. Also, the only gift is a gift suite. That sucks. Don't throw that out there. Um, the New Orleans Bowl in Manhattan, New York. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, New oh, Orleans, <laughs> Western Kentucky, South Alabama. Uh, let's see. New Orleans Bowl gift suite. Ugh, Jesus. Fossil watch. That, that's it? Just those two things? That's it. This is like the laziest shit ever. I feel like this is like what, like, like my uh, parents would give me like when I was in middle school. Well, let's go to the Armed Forces Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl between Baylor and Air Force. Year stint in Vietnam. You also get an M16. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, you get a gift suite, which we know, uh, a beanie. So Ugh. you ever go on eBay, you're trying to get yourself a little Lockheed Martin Armed Forces swag. Maybe somebody's selling that thing online. Get you a beanie. Um, an action face figure, which don't know what that is. What the fuck? Uh, a Google Chromecast, which what? I a guess you get like a Google Chromecast stick to put in your TV, which just I don't know. And a commemorative football. I don't know where we went wrong with these bull swags, but I mean, and maybe maybe we'll get a little bit better once we get to the better bulls. But I don't see that happening. When it comes to the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl which is in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, that is the Louisiana-Houston game. You get a gift suite, a fossil watch, a new era beanie, and a commemorative football. How did fossil place themselves square in the middle of bowl season? Every year, um, fossil's just coming out there. No clue. Like, I, I, just, like, I feel like structure would, would also be like in play here. Paxon? Paxon, for sure. Um yeah, good point from William Gray. At least give out some hoodies. Everyone loves hoodies. Um, I'm wearing a hoodie right now. Yeah. I changed out of a hoodie to to wear this. Also, quick shout out to our, like speaking of like good gifts, uh, our friends over at University Traditions, the hat I'm wearing right now is from there. Um, they haven't made a Florida State, like, what do you call it, design yet. Uh, but every single SEC team represented, y'all should go check them out. Really, really good hats. And they got a whole new Georgia lines coming out this week too. Oh, nice. Um, Friday, the Gasparilla bowl in Gasparilla. So Gasparilla is actually, I haven't been, but it's big in Florida. Yeah. It's a pirate, um, parade, a pirate parade in Tampa. Like everyone gets in their boats, dressed up pirates. Basically, a reason to get fucked up. It's kind of like Mardi Gras in a sense, but for pirates. But for pirates. So this is Wake Forest in Missouri. This game's on ESPN. 
last year gift suite headphones cooler backpack which you know i mean depending on the brand that could be kind of sweet a beach towel you know you're gonna be down in florida maybe hit the beach got a towel now and an ice shaker bottle okay so there's that uh saturday man there's only okay so yeah so that's i'm not liking the schedules here there's only one game on saturday i guess it is new year's eve or uh, christmas eve so that's also they're like the nfl is taking over saturdays now apparently yes i did i, I did notice that um i kind of like that changeover though i mean at least it gives us something but the hawaii bowl oh uh middle tennessee and san diego state this one's actually not bad you got an electronics gift suite so shrink down what you can get i mean uh, you know i think electronics are pretty good oakley sunglasses and oakley backpack an eight by ten dick pic of dog the bounty hunter yep uh a, a kahala aloha shirt which that's like one of my top three brands that i love to wear yeah i like the one that it's it's not kahala it's 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 got way more vowels kahala. in it kahala hala. That's, what I, that's what i typically say yeah um, no, I, I like the, the, anything that has like at least seven apostrophes in it. So I know it's real. That's when, you know, um, you also get a beach towel and some swim trunks. I don't know if they're board shorts. I don't know if they're the three inch seams. Uh, and then that takes it. That's the end. You know, then we'll have another podcast. Actually, no, we won't be podcasting on Sunday cause that's Christmas. My fault. You don't know that. That's that's fair. Um, all right, so we'll go to the Monday Bowl then because we'll probably record our next episode as far as previewing games next Monday. Um, mm-hmm. That is the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, That's Michigan. Surprising. New Mexico State versus Bowling Green. This one may be one I will probably skip. Um, thank God we'll probably be... No, that's at 2.30, so we won't be recording during that. Um, last year, not bad. JBL uh, Tune 750 Bluetooth speaker. Okay. Noise canceling wireless headphones by Harman Kardon. That's very good. Have those. $175 Best Buy gift card. Photo slap life sized photo stickers. A backpack and tag, a commemorative football, and other game merchandise. Wait, what merchandise? Other game merchandise. No, I don't think it's like other game, game merchandise. And I was like, this. No, is... that, that would have been weird. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> so, um, not the best lineup there for the bowl swag. This, this no, it's week, really but... depressing for the week before Christmas. So you know, maybe take some time off, go spend some time with your family. Yeah, not a great lineup, but if you're a Missouri fan, good luck. And uh, yeah, we will we will be recording. I think what the plan is Wednesday for signing day. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, Wednesday night for signing day, and then I think Mizzou and or maybe we could just do it like we could possibly just do it Thursday because Mizzou plays on Wednesday night as well. Um, or is it what time is that game? Mizzou game is at six thirty on Friday night. Okay, so maybe we it'll we'll record either Wednesday or Thursday, um, but you'll definitely have another pod coming out before Christmas, and then the week after, man, it's you get ramped up, and that's like the best week of the year. Love it! Can't wait um all right guys well if you're listening on youtube we appreciate it um we our our live listeners got up pretty good tonight if you're not you're listening to the pod we appreciate that as well go rank us five stars on on uh, apple podcast spotify 
if you're in the YouTube, go ahead and hit like and subscribe so we can. And the more you guys comment on the YouTube, the better. Um, it helps our all the algorithm shit that I don't know how it works, but I know it helps when you comment on the YouTube. So go ahead and do that. And we appreciate you guys that are in the Facebook group as well that are watching. Um, anything else, Chris? No, I know the holidays are tough for some people. So like I said, around Thanksgiving, anybody that um, is kind of going through it or needs someone to talk to, DMs are open as always for the holiday season. Um, and I'm not even going home. So I'll just, you know, I'll be bored anyway. So cool. if anyone needs to get shit off their chest or, you know, just maybe talk about. What about get shit on their chest? Calling. And so what? What if they need shit on their chest? Are you, are you down to do that as well? Uh, so I, I haven't done that and I'm not going to. Like if it's in a cup, sure. And like I okay. have like at least one to two other girls with me as I do it. But no, that's that's just not very sanitary to shit okay. on the chest. So just getting shit off the chest this this holiday season. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you tuning in, and uh, and we will talk to you later this week. Bye.